All right, good heavens, it's a Bobcast. Welcome to episode 33, another COVID special recorded via Skype with my regular guest, Josh Pike. This is the fourth episode that we've recorded together since our since our live music industry crashed into an abyss and the whole world was forced into lockdown and isolation. It's been almost two months now since we recorded the first one of these and now we are entering into what is a very new phase, the slow opening back up of society, the careful easing of restrictions after many weeks of self-isolating and working from home and school closures and all the rest of it. A roadmap back to some semblance of normality has begun to materialise in front of us and I know for many that brings with it some hope and some relief and some lifting of spirits. But unfortunately, despite all we've gone through over the last two months, there is still a huge amount of unknowns moving forward and trying to forecast where we're likely to be at later in the year is still as difficult as ever. Anyway, I want to use this episode to catch up with where we've all been at over the last few weeks, or been a, it's been a month actually since we last spoke, and talk about how this new phase we're entering into looks like. And we'll also go through the mailbag as well. Big thanks, by the way, to everyone who has downloaded the podcast and written in to the new email address, which is goodevansbobcast at gmail.com. It's not good Evans, it's a bobcast with a exclamation, but it's just goodevansbobcast at gmail.com. Please keep them coming. Um, All right, let's check in with Josh for another episode, the 33rd in total and the fourth of the COVID season of Good Evans, It's a Bobcast. That was your best preamble ever. Really? Yes, absolutely. Really? Oh, you have thank stepped, you very much. You have stepped this up. Joshua Pike, welcome back thank again. Thank you. Thank you. My good friend. How, how are you going today? But also what's been happening? It's been a month since we last spoke, and it's crazy to me to think that it's that long because I never envisaged that this set of circumstances would feel like uh, time was going really fast. I thought it would be a really slow grind, but mm. it's actually moving really, really quickly. I never would have predicted that. Yeah, um, I mean, I just, we've all been super busy though, right? It's not like, I mean, I, I, I you know, all, all power to the people that say they're bored during this period, but my God, I've been more busy than I've ever been in my life, you know? I mean, I'm sure it's the same with you and, and maybe it's just a, a, a fact of having kids, but like homeschooling during the day, then catching up on work at night, um, that's basically what it's been like. So it's been like a bloody, you know, a, a, a sprint, a sprint the whole time every day. So what has the last few weeks looked like in terms of, obviously homeschooling has continued as per normal, I'm yep. assuming. And, yep. um, and then how have, what sort of work have you been sort of fitting in amongst all that? So it's, um, I 
been doing production for other artists, which has been really good. So I've done some very responsibly socially distanced um, recordings for <laughs> solo artists. So a guy called Brian, um, you, you know Brian, yeah? Brian Estepa. Yeah, Brian Estepa. Uh, yeah. So he came over and we did uh, one track. We're doing another track this week. And... Um, and he's just so he's just coming in by himself, yeah. Yeah, so he's a solo artist, so yep. that's the beauty of and you know the studio is big enough that we can be uh, totally. socially distant. We had a drummer yep. come in, and and Brian, you know, basically stepped outside while Russell, the drummer, came in and and recorded his part. Um, so very responsible doing, of you. Yeah, well, we're trying. I mean, it's 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 as much for. I mean, I would go as far as to say it's probably more for my you know my own piece of peace of mind as anybody else's having kids here mm. and everything, and you know working from home. Um, yeah. uh, working with a, another guy called Reese Bailey, which has been really good. Um, so yeah, I've been doing a bit of that, uh, but mainly I've just been prepping for the album uh, and and new songs being released. We're releasing a new song on Friday, and the yeah. album. Um, this is actually a bloody exclusive for you, Kevin. Ah, oh, here we go. Thank you. Um, <laughs> the album is announced on on Friday with all the pre order bundles and all that stuff. So I've been. Working pretty hard, like getting all that kind of stuff together, um, you know, doing promo things. I, I did a, a, a long uh, Double J Artist in Residence thing. But, you know, the, oh, cool. the reality of that, like, so that comes out <clears throat> in a couple of weeks, I think. But, the, you know, the reality is, as you know, like, usually you would go into the studio and someone would be there producing yeah. it for you. I, I was up yeah. until two o'clock in the morning recording it myself in my yeah, studio. That's tough. And it's yeah. great. And I'm grateful the, for the opportunity. But it just, it just, fe- it feels strange yeah it's hard and at this point also like you know I was reflecting on this today at this point I would have we had a great plan you know like I came from Portland in in December you know coming home with an album in the can loved the album had a sold out national tour ready to go we had this plan we were going to release singles whilst I was touring and then um, you know release the uh, the album pre-order bundle whilst I was touring uh, that that is just an intrinsic part of of an album release that I just miss so much is that interaction with with punters. You know, like it's just it mm. just doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel real releasing music. No, I can you know? I can imagine. I, I mean, I was going to ask like how how close to because you would have you know like you said you would have set up a kind of strategy for this release like mm. uh, a long time ago. How much? How have you dealt with that? How much of that strategy have you kept? How much have you just had to do stuff on the run? Have you just thrown stuff out the window and started again? I mean, what's been your approach to that over well, the last couple of months? It's kind of a, a moving target, as you, you can imagine, but it's it's basically a lot of the stuff we've just... Like, we could have just delayed everything and just mm. kind of pushed the entire thing back six months. Um, yeah. But, you know, I just know from, you know, experience and also you know talking to other artists and stuff there's nothing like having you know you know what it's like when you when you finish an album you got it in the bag it 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 really loses its you know shiny veneer if you just kind of sit on it and wait and i yeah. i just i yeah. love this album man like i really like i was listening to the i had to do some um you know write write social media wording for for several of the songs today uh and i was going through a couple of oh that's what i was doing today is I was going through the so I'm releasing a lyric book this time, which I've never done. I'm really excited about oh, that. Oh, cool! And I was going through. How's the, that gonna How's that gonna look? Well, so this is all the the cool, kind of cool and interesting stuff that uh, you know um, artists might be interested in listening. Is you know putting together the pre-order bundles, 
in a digital age, there's definitely a vinyl bundle. There's um, you know, there's a CD bundle for JB Hi-Fi. Um, I'm not sure who buys CDs anymore. I certainly don't. <laughs> people uh, do. Uh, people definitely buy them at shows. I know that much. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. In stores. Yeah, apart from JB Hi-Fi. Yeah, I don't know. But, so there's a bundle for that. But what I really wanted to do, because I, I consume most of my music on uh, Spotify, yeah. And one thing I really miss is that experience of like flicking through the 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 lyrics while you're listening, right? I just like I used to, sure. that, that's such a vivid memory of mine from being a kid mm. as it may be for you like um you know we had one stereo player in the house when I was a kid and so you had to kind of like book your time in the front room to go and listen to records. And I just remember like reading the lyrics to all these old Beatles tracks and you know James Taylor and stuff like this. And it was mm. really beautiful you know, seminal memory that I have of my sort of music-loving experience. So I really wanted mm. to do that. So I've got a lyric book because lyrics, you know, that's kind of my jam. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I was going through the the lyrics, you know, doing a proofreading, um, and I was listening to the songs as I was doing it. I was like, man, I fucking love this album. And I just it feels <laughs> like I'm doing it an injustice to be releasing it at a time where it f- it feels like it's just not going to get the attention that I would like it to have purely based on the fact that I can't go out and basically, you know, make it, make people aware of it by saying, like, by playing the songs live to them. Yeah. You know, and ho- hopefully come October, if we're all able to go back out and, and do it, then, um, then it'll be okay. But you know what it's like, sometimes you miss the boat when those things, when those things happen, you know, it's like the world moves on in the same way that, you know, you know, you move on from music and in six months time, the attention's moved on to something else. So, Definitely yeah. concerned, definitely, you know, disappointed, but at the same time, what are you going to do? You know, uh, that's the end of the day. Yeah, well, I, you, yeah, I mean, that's sort of all you can really do is um, roll with the punches and kind of figure it out as you go along. I mean, um, you know, I suppose that there's a chance that it might elongate, this situation might elongate the life of the record, you know? Yeah. Might give it a longer life. Mm. Um, um, but yeah, there's so much that still remains to be seen especially with the live stuff too the other you know because when restrictions do start to ease and i want to talk about that later obviously in detail but um whenever that point may be all of the tours that have been announced over the last you know this year or whatever and that have all been postponed or whatever mm. there's just there's going to be a lot suddenly <laughs> going on isn't yeah, there right yeah, yeah. <laughs> holy shit so there's that as well because you kind of go okay well how do i work within that market and not even really being able to plan for it yet no i mean yeah I've, I've, this is different from your situation obviously but my situation is that i'd i'd already sold a whole tour out so i do have mm. shows to kind of that are sitting there waiting to be actioned uh when the time comes but yeah i mean you're right it's and, and then you hear about things like you know splendor going ahead and focusing on australian artists only um mm. which in some ways is fantastic but then you know the flip side of that is that i've heard um, that you know, all the money raised from that is going to be going to support act, um, which is great. But they're, they're saying that in order to keep the ticket prices, um, you know, cheap for punters to encourage them to re-enter live music, the tickets will be cheap. Therefore, artists will be getting paid less. And it's kind of like, oh, come sure. on, man! I don't know if you want to start yeah. that kind of ecosystem because, like, you know, put it this way: somebody who, like, say, an artist, you know, a big artist like Tame Impala or whatever. Who normally gets paid whatever it is, you know, X amount of dollars for a their million shows, bucks or something. yeah, whatever it is, yeah. and then they get they get half of that. Um, which promoter is six months later going to go? Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll pay you 
twice as much now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not. It's, that's it's not how so, markets work. It's super complicated. Hey, um, I wrote down a little list of um things from the last month of my you know personal experience of isolation lockdown that I I wanted to run through and see. Mm. You know, just so just a little list. Okay, um, the first one is um. TV, The Last Dance on Netflix, oh, which is the Chicago Bulls documentary. Well, Michael, I mean, it's mainly focused on Michael Jordan. Let's face it, but it's the story of the Chicago Bulls in the nineties. Now, you know, I wasn't, I was a casual uh, basketball fan, but never really, I wasn't really invested in it. There's a lot of, a lot of at the time, I wasn't really uh, that into it. But um, I've been loving watching that documentary. It's been really yeah. fucking cool, amazing. Um, and another one is. Uh, I've maintained this uh, regime of uh, exercising in the morning and then all the family going on big, long walks in the Mm. afternoon, um, which has been really, really good. It's made me realise that, um, especially because, like, you know, with the the homeschooling, I'm I'm calling it homeschooling even though I know that that title is slightly problematic. It's not really homeschooling, but it's home learning, whatever you want to call it. Why is it Um, Why is it problematic? Uh, because the, it, it implies, calling it homeschooling is implying that you're reproducing the school experience at home. Oh, and okay. I don't right. think that's, that's problematic because, um, well, for one, it's almost impossible. It sets up expectations that are unreasonable and, you know, it's hard enough as it is. Um, but, yeah, anyway, it's semantics. But um, doing just just doing 20 minutes of physical activity in the morning before mm. I start that day of with the kids puts me in such a better mindset and I'm you know my patience is so much better my enthusiasm is so much better um, so I've been really enjoying that and mm. um, you know it's been a real positive to come out of the strangeness over the last few months um, another one is the joy of comfortable clothing Josh tracksuit <laughs> pants. I've disco- I've rediscovered tracksuit pants. Now I I swear. Oh my god! Oh my god! Ha- hand on heart, right? I haven't. This is the first time I've worn tracksuit pants since I was a teenager. Um, <laughs> I've lived in jeans my entire adult life, and now I've just been living in tracksuit pants every day, and it is the best. <laughs> just oh man! So comfortable. Well, my, my hot tip for you then, and I only know this from uh, getting my children tracksuit pants. Not not me. I, I can't. I haven't gone there. Um, is Uniglo. They have a pair of tracks which are fleecy on the inside, Kevin. Fleecy on oh, the yeah. inside. Oh yeah, I love it. I'm loving where you're going with this. And I? they and they deliver oh, yeah. they deliver they deliver for you, man. Uniglo. Oh they deliver it to your door. Fleece, fleecy on the inside. I mean that, that should be their catchphrase, frankly. Fleecy on oh, the inside. Yeah. It's like, you know it's beautiful. I mean you and you know you're washing with some fabric softener, so they're all nice and <laughs> It just and now when I, and like I've just sort of started bothering. It's it's weird and it comes to to what I want to speak about later about transitioning to life outside the lockdown. But I have started to put because I was just getting to and I never thought I would ever be the guy that walked down or went down to the shops in my tracky pants <laughs> to pick up groceries or Dude, buy you're some not, wine. You can't and be man. You've I've gotta, been no. That's what I. That's what I am now. That's no. I'm that guy. So I started putting jeans on again because I've just thought, okay, I've got to start transitioning back. You know, the, this this we're getting into the next period now, and um, and I put on my jeans. It's just like, oh man, it's just not very so comfortable. uncomfortable. Yeah, 
Oh, dude, um, you, you're a fucking rock star, man. You got to keep up certain appearances for you know, like for that's that's part of your role as a as a public rock star figure. Uh, it's gonna be tough. it's gonna be really hard to get into. <laughs> um, another one. I on April the 18th, and if there's anyone who works for Telstra listening, please listen closely now. On April the 18th, after much consideration with my family, my kids especially, we don't have computer games at home, right? We don't. We've, I've kind of kept them away from that sort of stuff but we were looking at for an extra $20 and I don't want to promote this but anyway there was this deal <laughs> where you could get it on top of your Telstra bundle thing you could get an Xbox and some controllers and have access uh, to all these games yes. right over streaming right. Yes. so we were just like you know what it was April this is you know we're getting we're talking two months ago we're right at the beginning of a long, uh, what looked like a long forecast and it was like uh, you know what we've been holding out on this but maybe we should just this is something we can maybe we can all enjoy together as a family. We're going to be spending a lot of time at home. If now maybe now's the time to do it. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. So, press play. Two months later, still waiting. Oh, Nothing's turned up. I'm, Nothing. I know. You, you know what's going to happen, Josh? Is you know when it's going to turn up? Yeah, it's when going it's to turn all up over. the day that both the kids go to school, wife goes to work, and then I'm going to be on my own at home Smoking with all weed, these new Xbox. toys. Yeah. Turning into a bloody 16-year-old again. Not that I even had that stuff when I was 16. Okay. Turning into a 22-year-old again. Um, left to my own devices all day at home with all these games and an Xbox. I know. It's well, I, not... Yeah, I hear you. I mean, we have... So, I, I, I have a Xbox from 25 years ago that still works. And we play that. And we have a PS4. And I have a projector. And so, my TV room at the moment is like... And it's all hooked up through my Sonos system, so it's like full projector and gaming. And the kids play; they're allowed to play, you know, one session a day of forty-five minutes. They're allowed to play Minecraft or or Harry Potter. Yeah, they basically have Harry Potter, Lego, and Minecraft. That's it. Oh, and Sonic, yeah. Sonic Racing, and it's pretty fucking rad. I gotta say, like we, <laughs> it, it's pretty awesome. Like they, and it's got them interested in coding and stuff like that, which is, which is, I mean, that's mm. not a bad result of that kind of stuff. But um, no, well, I, I don't really understand what coding is, but I do know well, it's, it's magic. Probably it's magical. The lang- it's going to be the language of the future, right? Well, it's basically I mean, if you gonna- if you're a wizard, like it's basically <laughs> the same as being a wizard or a witch. That's coding. It's it's a it's a mag- it's a magical thing that you know mere mortals don't understand. That's that's essentially what coding is. Uh, learning from home. We are into week. So we just today was the we speak, speaking on Monday. Um, if you're listening to this, uh, this is uh, Monday. What is it? May the 18th. Um, we had just started week six of term two, um, and before before that, of course, there were two weeks of school holidays, which was in lockdown, and then the last week of term one was when schools in Victoria, where I live, when my kids go to school, closed. So that's a grand total of six, seven, eight, nine weeks. Mm. Mm. Nine weeks. That's a long time. Yeah, it's it's it <laughs> swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Like I remember a couple of weeks ago. Oh no, it was it was the last time we did the the Bobcast, and I'd hit a bit of a wall. And then I feel like you know we were sort of uh, communicating off off Bob Bobcast in the past couple of weeks, and and perhaps uh, we haven't actually spoken about it, but maybe you hit a bit of a wall. Uh, in the uh, last couple of weeks, and I and now I feel like like last week my bike got stolen off my front porch, and yeah. I, I, you know I'd been really enjoying like riding with the kids down by the river yeah. and stuff. That was a big big thing. Fucking someone came in on the front porch, 
stole the bike, freaked the kids out because they heard it being stolen. So they were like sleeping in our room for the last two weeks as well. Uh, shit. shit like that. It's like, you know, that kind of stuff kind of brought, brought me down. Uh, and then, you know, and, but then, you know, but then there's, there, there are positives as well, you know, and, and, and as sort of trivial as this sounds, one positive for us as a family has been Lego Masters. I don't know if you're into that. Oh shit. yes, but like, love it. I've been trying to get him so into it for ages, it and 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 we're all obsessed now. And this morning I came downstairs, and the boys had brought out this massive bag of Lego. You know, we have one of those big cloth sacks that you put all the stuff in, and you, yeah. you pull it up and tight tight closed. And yeah. um, my youngest had set up all these scenes, and I was like, "Oh, that's exactly what Brickman awesome. would do." You're telling us, I can tell this story without yeah, even having yeah. you having to explain it. So stuff like that has been a positive, and because we we don't normally watch TV, right? That uh, as a family, it's just not what we really do. And this has been yeah. because we've been basically looking for something to occupy us. This is something we got into, and I, f- I feel like it's been a pretty positive thing. So you know, you got to kind of it swings and roundabouts. And in fact, my next set of tattoos is going to be a, a swing a set of swings and a and a roundabout. <laughs> With a little Lego man sitting on the Ooh, swing. Oh, nice. Kevin. <laughs> How cool nice. would that be? Yeah, it's good. It's done. <laughs> hey, we, uh, we all went in on uh, Friday, just gone as a family to all get our flu shots. Right. Um, because, well, not just because. My wife's a teacher. She has to get them every year anyway. Um, the kids have never had them before. I kind of... I just some years I get one, some years I don't. I've never really. Well, you are you're a, you're a known anti-vaxxer, so that's that's probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just feel like I'm just inside. I'm just like made of iron. And, <laughs> you know, nothing nothing can get me. Yeah. But um, but so we all went along to get our flu shots, and um, Ella, my oldest daughter's, you know, really scared of needles, and um, she ended up. So she got a flu shot, and we walked. We walked out, and as soon as we got to her car, she's like looking really pale and saying, she's, "I think I'm going to be sick." Which, of course, she gets out of the car, starts throwing up. I oh, go, no. run back into the run back into the doctors, and um, we all go back inside, and she has to lie down for a while. But um, but yeah, that was a slightly uh, traumatic experience. But uh. the thing that I've heard about the flu season, right? And you know, I preface this: I shouldn't. I shouldn't have to, but I will just... I'm sure people listening to this understand here. Once again, not a medical doctor, <laughs> not an expert. A doctor of fun, it's fair to say. Um, but I have read about, and it does kind of make sense with my limited knowledge, um, about how because, you know, everybody has spent the last two months pretty much in isolation, social distancing, whatever. So we, nobody's been, like, spreading... Other, the, other germs as well. Back to germs and bacteria environment that we normally do in our day-to-day life that helps protect us. Oh, I see, right. And gives us our immunity, right? So there's this concern that coming out of this, and in Australia we're going in, we're just about to hit winter into peak flu season, that everyone's immunity is going to be down because of from being isolated. But, w- right? but wouldn't our immunities, wouldn't the other flip side of that argument be that our immunities will be uh, strong because we've been... Uh, we haven't been sick with anything for a long time, so you, no, your because, immune system gets because, a chance to recover or whatever. Well, I don't think so because everybody's been fucking crazy about washing their hands, mm. staying clean, and unlike we and and keeping distance from each other. And, and I think we know that like the way that the body builds up immunity is by exposure, small levels of exposure. Right? That's why you know they say you know kids. Sitting around eating dirt and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's not, yeah. That, it's not, not bad for them. So, um, 
so that was kind of part of the reason why we were like, well, Kristen was going to get hers anyway. We thought, oh, well, let's make it a, let's make it a family trip, kids. <laughs> and they loved it. Oh, um, I also, on that same day, saw uh, the, my first friend face-to-face in eight weeks, mm. uh, a mate who lives just down the coast. His name's Chasey. He listens to this podcast, actually. Chasey. Of course, Chasey. His name, he lives down the coast and his name's Chasey. He's always yeah, chasing the next wave, isn't he? It, well, that's exactly. He's a surfer, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yes, he's been really enjoying the podcast. It's been very good. Good Chasey. Um, Chasey, how are you, mate? But yeah, it was. It was that was weird too. Just to kind of think like, oh wow. I mean, I've seen people face to face every now and then. Maybe walking down the beach might bump into like, uh, you know, a colleague of Kristen's from school or a family from school or whatever. But like a, an actual mate, I haven't had a face to face conversation with a mate uh, until then in mm. eight weeks. Mm. That's, that's weird. It is weird, it's yeah. Totally weird. Uh, occasionally, say same thing, you know, like I'll go down to the shops or whatever and I'll see it, it's always apparent from the kids' school and uh, in particular there's some 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 fathers that I know quite well who are like also creative people. There's a, a professional magician is one of the, the dads of one of the kids <laughs> from the school. T- total legend, uh, but he, is that the inner, is that is that painting a picture of the uh, Sydney's inner west musicians and magicians? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just hanging out together. Um, but he he you know he was telling me the the struggles that the, the exact same sort of things in the you know the I mean he's a performing artist, but he's also p- performs on cruise ships is one of the things that was his oh, kind shit. of bread and butter, which is gone. But anyway, yeah, so I've had those kind of interactions. But yeah, so similar here in terms of just going out and having a beer with a mate. It's kind of like I always knew that I did like that, but I didn't realize that it was actually kind of mental health requirement mm. um, that well, yeah. I do love going and having a, a chat and having a, a beer at a, at a location which is not not my home, you know. I don't know why. And it's I just, just I guess particularly you and, you know, you and me and other musicians, we've spent the, you know, formative years out and about hanging out in, in pubs, you know, and it's it's kind of mm. become a familiar and kind of, you know, I, f- I think of it as a warm environment. Same. And I also f- worry that, like, by going long periods without it, it's kind of like, I don't know, what's a what's a good metaphor? I mean, it's, it's like, I think if you spend a long time without socialising with people, you can get kind of shit at it, or you can mm. forget how to do it, or you, or oh, you just you can't. Fear. Yeah, you kind of stop missing. You it. You can't bring yourself to do it, or you start getting anxious about it. Well, it's you know, it's fogo. It's the fear of going out now. That's that's a new thing. Yeah, fogo. fogo, man. You heard it first. That's a joke. <laughs> hey, but hey, but let me ask you. So you last time okay. we spoke, you were you you'd finished recording your album and you were sort of getting into the mixing stage. What's what's your plan? Looking yes, looking ahead well, and and still not knowing exactly what's going to be happening. So the plan now is mixing of the record is going. It was actually originally it was going to start today, but because Stephen Schram, who I made the record with and who's mixing the album, he lives up in Byron Bay. He's just going to mix it at his home studio. Um, he's been homeschooling his kids as well, mm. so yeah, all his, so projects that he's been mixing at the moment have kind of fallen behind and all that kind of stuff. So, but early next month, so start of June, he'll he'll start mixing and um i guess probably it'll be about a two week process i guess mm-hmm. um so i'm hoping that by mid june we'll have a mixed record and you know we'll be ready to kind of start putting together some plans in terms of um i've already done all the like i've done i've got all everything i need for the album artwork because it's all you know i've had photos and stuff taken while we're in the studio and i've got all of that sorted and um, 
and really close to sort of being able to, you know, uh, f- be public about how the record's going to, who the record's going to come out with. Oh, um, oh, hang on, hang on a yeah, second. Which is really exciting. So hang on a second without giving anything away so that you, it's not going to be released uh, purely independently. Is that what I'm picking no. up? No, I've self-funded Kevin the album. Kevin Mitchell. I'm going to license it. So um, just tell me who. Yeah, just I tell mean, me. Just tell all, me. Well, it's <laughs> no, I, no, no. If, if I knew, maybe uh, when I edit this, maybe if I can find a beeping function, I could. But anyway. Oh yeah, cool. But um, but uh, but yeah, but it's good because there now it feels like there's like the train was kind of just like sitting in the station for a while. Yeah, feels like it's gently about to sort of, you know, get back out on the tracks and start moving again um, so, and like you say you know you sit on a record for a long time and it can become an issue hmm. um, you can lose momentum and and you can lose perspective too but and do you but feel I, do you feel like um, is there, is there anything like has covid-19 massively impacted the you know the, the schedule for this so far or is it kind of yes it has yeah, yeah it has. right yeah. yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's definitely put it back at least a month to or two months yeah, yeah definitely yeah. Um, because when all this shit went down, I just went into, you know, <laughs> austerity measures mm. where it was just like, okay, all my work's gone. I just got to shut everything down. Yeah. Um, and that was from a business point of view, but also from a personal point of view. I mean, one of the, I don't know if this is something we mentioned in the past podcast, but, you know, one of the kind of shittiest things I remember doing one night in the late, in the late stages of March was uh, ring up World Vision, who have been who I've been giving forty dollars a month oh. to for the last sixteen years, and stopping my yeah, donations right. because it was like, well, I've just got to cut every cost that I have right now because mm. I don't know. And obviously, as time's gone on, because that all happened before there was any talk of job keepers or stimulus packages and all that kind of stuff. And I've been lucky to be able to um, to access some of that stuff. And so, but at the time when that first went down, none of that existed. We didn't know what was no, happening. So I just had to make make decisions. And all those little things, this is like, yeah, you just have to kind of go into an, a, an austerity kind well, of yeah, thing. Well, yeah. It's, it's, so I've started judging the JP partnership, which is the grant that I run. And I personally, you know, co-fund that with APRA. Yeah. And it's like the worst year in the history of my career to be funding sure. a grant for emerging right. artists. So I've yeah, actually, totally. I've, I've applied for a grant to cover the expense to pay of for the, the grant. grant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So fingers crossed, but it's like, you know, I don't want to stop doing it. I don't want to, I don't want to not give a grant to an emerging artist who at this point in history, more than any other time probably needs it. Uh, I, mm. you know, I'm in a fortunate position of being, you know, a 20 year veteran of the, the whole thing. Um, so it's not going to kill me to do the to do the grant, but it's it's certainly not going to help. It's not going to help me at this point in history. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it, it, it comes. Yeah, it comes with a little extra baggage this year. <laughs> I mean, it, it always it's like it's always my own money, and that's like you know yeah. I feel proud to to do that. You but should. but this year, man, yeah. it's like, oh, dude, like I'd be applying for this grant myself if I wasn't the, if I wasn't the <laughs> JP of the JP partnership. <laughs> well, you know, Josh, you could, and I think you'd be in a pretty good position to win dude, it. I know. I'd have to just you quietly, know, maybe. Uh, you know, might lose a little bit of uh, you, you. The whole thing might lose a bit of integrity. <laughs> but but at this oh, point, guys, who cares? Guess what? It's, this is totally. This is really weird. But I entered oh, this I'm grant. Kind of, I'm kind of embarrassed. I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but 
I've I've just found the winner of the Josh Pike partnership, and it's Josh Pike. And you know what? He's got a new album coming out, uh, and he's amazing, guys. Get on board. That's a good idea. I'm cutting my cutting my own hair, Josh. I've been cutting my own hair. Oh, I actually, uh, that's, for the last few- yeah, get, yeah. Tell me more. Yeah, yeah. It's no, well, it's it's it's. I feel like it's going okay, but good. again, you know, you spend a lot of time indoors, you start to lose perspective, but. I think it's going okay. And I'm sure there are people listening to this that are probably thinking, well, you look like you've been cutting your own hair your whole life. And, you know, fair play. But um, I I feel like maybe this is something that I could keep doing afterwards. Um, like as a profession? No, just cutting my own <laughs> hair. Oh, God, no. I wouldn't. So I, I'm, I'm in the midst of having the longest hair I've ever had, the longest beard I've ever had, and I actually caught a glimpse. I went down to the... So... I mean, this is a bit, a bit, a bit personal, but I've, I've also been That's suffering nice. from this uh, fucking medical condition called pla- oh, okay. plantar fasciitis, which is basically an old what? man's uh, or an old person's uh, condition where your the plantar fascia or whatever it's called, which is the the bit of muscle between your the arch of your foot, um, for whatever reason, like gets strained, and it, it's fucking painful, man. It's like. Every morning you get up and it feels like somebody's stabbing you in the heel. So I've, this has been going for like right. six months. Anyway, I went. And anybody um, listening to this under the age of uh, twenty-five is starting this, to this is what Please go on. This is what you've got to look forward <laughs> to. Fucking middle-aged guys. All right. Anyway, so I was well, I was down in in my neighbourhood visiting the podiatrist as you do, and I caught a glimpse of myself in a shop front window. And I've got like long hair and like a long beard, and I was like, "This is this is not this is this is." not cool anymore so i'm actually i'm gonna i'm gonna get the kids to cut my hair as a as a sort of quarantine haircut exercise i'm gonna get them to do their best be super responsible but yeah the next time anybody sees me i'm gonna have a brand new haircut care of my nine-year-old and six-year-old or seven-year-old now and see how that goes you know what i'd like to see is the the haircut that really impresses me the most at the moment is the uh, lead singer from the chats he's got a bowl He's incredible. got a bowl haircut at the front and a mullet at the back. Yeah, that's and that's incredible. That's that's like business business love, up front, party at the back. See, it's just well, I don't know. Is, yeah, bowl is a business. Is the bowl business or is it just uh, the bowl is like conservative total cons- like conservativeness? Is that a word? Yeah, yeah, and yes, and the mullet is like wild and free. Well, you know what? I'm going to take you up on that challenge it. because there, there's always an you know a medium point. There's, there's always a midpoint in the haircut. Uh, you know, a, right. a chance for a photo, right? I could get yeah, I could... like shaving half your moustache. Exactly. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. take you up on that challenge. Do it. Do yeah. it. Put it up online. People will fucking love it. Awesome. Um, and the last the last part of the last few months, um, that I want to talk about was uh transition. This idea that I've just been thinking about recently about transitioning to life outside of the lockdown isolation or whatever. Mm. And like, it's it's just started to occur to me and. I'm sure that this has happened because we're now starting to talk about um, restrictions easing and all that kind of stuff. That's, I, I, the, like, I think I've become kind of a little bit set in my ways over the last couple of months. And mm. I didn't predict that transitioning back into normality, in inverted commas, because um, I'm not suggesting that things will be normal necessarily, but I didn't predict that it would be difficult. I mean, there's so much... I want to get back to a sense of normality as much as anybody, you know. Um, but it's it's just a funny. It's almost like uh, like Stockholm syndrome or something, mm, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, I do know. I've yeah. kind of got used. I've kind of started to get used to being a prisoner in my own house, and um, 
And there is just a, I mean, I don't want to overstate this because, um, you know, I'm a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but there is just a very, very low simmering level of anxiety about, like, going back into the real world again. That's you know, what I'm saying, man. It's the FOGO. It's FOGO. It's a, it's a real thing. I mean, I, I feel it as well. It's like uh, I was thinking, like, so this past weekend that's just happened, you know, the restrictions in New South Wales have raised enough that you're allowed to go and have uh, dinner with family or whatever. So, you know, right. we I went had we had dinner with my wife's family. Um and it was absolutely wonderful, but then, you know, I I was thinking about the idea of like going out to a pub or something like that and in the past that's like that's my bread and butter. That's what I love to do. It's your uh, wheelhouse. That's yeah, Pikey's so that's, wheelhouse. That's, that's where I live. Mate. That's my wheelhouse. That's Pikey's wheelhouse, mate. Hey, Chasey, hey, Chasey, you and me, Chasey, you and me, down the coast. He's going to love. He's, have he's a gonna be loving here. Go to the pub. Love hearing his name on this podcast, Chasey, mate. Anyway, yeah, but I, I know what you're saying. Like I was, it's similar to thinking about touring. As like, I, I, you know, that has been a massive part of my life, and the idea of like being out and about. It, it it makes it everything seems very complicated when you think about leaving your house. Whereas like I've I've actually been enjoying spending you know spending as much time at home as we have. But you know I, I think that should all, always be you know sort of qualified with the fact that that's obviously a, a an indication of of privilege. And you know there are people yeah. that that whose homes totally. are definitely not that kind of sanctuary of a space. So I'm aware of that as well. But yeah, yeah definitely it's 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 a confronting thing, kind of re-entering the world. Um, okay, so let's move on and talk about live shows and mm. uh, the live performance arena. Um, where are we at now in terms of live music and being able to go to shows again? I want to chat about that, but let's get there with a little little number by Ooh. a little artist named Billy Joel. Hey. Do you know the song The Entertainer? Sure do. This is a very funny song. Let's listen to that for you. I am the entertainer. And I know just where I stand Another serenader And another long-haired band Today I am your champion I may have won your hearts But I know the game you forget my name And I won't be here in another year If I don't stay on the charts Ooh. I am the entertainer And I've had to pay my price For things I did not know at first Twice, ah, but still they come to haunt me. Still they want their say. So I've learned to dance with a hand in my pants, and I rub my neck and I write them a check, and they go their merry way. Ooh. I am the entertainer, been all around the world. I played all kinds of palaces and laid all kinds of girls. I can't remember faces. After a while and a thousand miles, it all becomes the same. Okay, so for me, down here in the, in the wonderful state of Victoria, we're looking at venues of up to 100 capacity being able to start trading by July, sometime in July. And that's assuming, of course, that all goes well in the meantime. I think um, all of these kind of future guidelines that have been suggested by the government, or state governments, I think we're talking about best case scenarios, you know, um, 
Uh, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned it before about, you know, Splendour and that Falls Festival that are post... Or, well, Falls Festival haven't postponed their date. Splendour, obviously, have postponed their date. They usually run in July. They're still hoping to be uh, happening in December, I think. Mm. And talked about the All-Australian lineup and everything. Um, how are you feeling about where things are at? And, um, you know, you've got... Obviously, you've got your tour. I think that's in October, right? Yes. Um how do you see it with with the limited b- bit of knowledge that we have and the you know, the ever changing landscape? How do you see that happening? Like, a state borders like o- are going to be open at the same time? Is that going to be a problem? I- I'm still trying to get my head around how how a lot of this stuff might work. Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. State borders are open in certain areas. Like, I think the Queensland border opened ag- again. Um, but you know, regardless of that, I think the issue is, um, <clears throat> you know, how many people you can fit into a venue and still have social distancing. So, exactly, the, the whole issue with the music industry has always been that it's the 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 first to be affected and they'll be the last to be unaffected by this this whole thing. Um, so you know, like just obviously speaking from my own point of view, the the venues that I had booked in for this tour, for the fans' first tour, was like. 500 cap sort of or under 500 cap venues um so one thing that has been suggested is that you know if you can't do uh 500 you know 500 cap rooms that maybe i would do two shows in a day and have uh half the crowd come for an afternoon mm. show and half the crowd come for an evening so show that they can be socially socially distanced. distanced and somebody said you know but yeah everyone's going to crowd to the front of the stage but i guess you could put you know, crosses on the floor in the same way that they're doing at the supermarkets and and approach it that way. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if that's what has to happen. There's a problem. But it's a... The problem... A, yeah. The, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, because, yeah, the, the problem with um, when they talk about opening up venues to 100 capacity is that, um, or whatever number they p- place on it, is that that number won't actually be able to be achieved because once you apply social distancing into it, that number might be sort of halved, right? Mm. And then when you apply that halved number, so say you're a little little uh, live music venue that has 100 capacity, you apply social distancing, so only 50 people might be able to come in there. And then these venues have the problem of um, just basically not even being able to afford to be able to run their business with mm. so few patrons in their venue. Exactly, yeah. You know, and let, let alone, I mean, you and I both know the cost of, hitting the road it's it's not insignificant you know you're, you're paying uh venue booking fees you're paying uh you know car hire accommodation you're paying your crew um and unless all of those things are covered uh and then produce a profit there's there's not i mean what, what's there's no point doing it right that's like you, you just well, that's right yeah but- so so I'm, I'm definitely concerned about that and i i personally as much as you know my goodness, I can't tell you how excited I will be if I'm able to do this tour in October. But I, I, I personally, I, I mean, particularly today, I don't feel, I don't feel mega positive about it. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I can't really imagine what will significantly change from between now and October that will allow it to happen. But I don't know all you can do is cross your fingers, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Jeb and I have got a um, two shows booked in for the end of the year. One. Both of them 
have been um, postponed shows. Mm. One's this thing called Beer Fest in Perth, which is October the 2nd, and then another one called Spring Loaded in Sydney on November the 7th. These are big outdoor festivals yep. with many thousands of people expected to be there. Um, October, November, I mean, look, you know, I desperately want that to happen, but... Um, but yeah, I guess it's a little bit of wait and see. I've also got Bob Evans is doing um, Neil these sort of Neil Young tribute shows that were also supposed to happen mid-year and have now been postponed to December the second and the fourth. Now they're in theaters, mm. um, and the interesting thing about that is that the it's actually a New Zealand production. So oh wow, the re- so it's all uh, New Zealand-based musicians and all the people who are running it are from New Zealand. So we would actually be rehearsing for those shows in New Zealand before coming back to Australia to do the shows. And I, it does, I have been slightly uh, uh, given some hope by the talk of this sort of uh, travel mm. bubble, I think they called it, between Australia and New Zealand, which yeah. makes something like that at least feasible. But I, I think <laughs> the, you know? the issue is also, and this is something that's it's been spoken about a little bit, but I think you know more awareness about this could be, raised is is it's not just whether or not we're allowed to do these shows it's whether or not people are going to support the shows um you know a economically everyone's in a real you know shit ton of trouble economically so are people going to have the spare cash to go to shows and then b like are people going to have the confidence in you know the government's kind of guidelines about what is and isn't safe to to go and do that like i mean speaking for myself you know the government, state government, is telling me that I can send my kids back to school, and I'm I'm not doing it at the moment. And part of that is because mm. I just don't really see the logic in in why kids, uh, you know, aren't as affected as as uh, as we're as we're being told they are. But also, mm. it's just it's just not, you know, it's 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 not it's 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 not going to work out for my family to any great advantage to send my kids back to school. So. Mm. You know, and everyone's going to make their own decisions, and I respect everyone making their own decisions. I think it's good to question authority, and I think it's good to question, um, you know, what what you're being told, and apply your own logic to it to to a certain degree. Obviously, we're not medical experts, but I do worry that even if we are allowed technically to put on shows, that economically and just emotionally, people won't be ready for it for you know, sort of well into 2021. Yeah. All right, it's mailbag time, Josh. Let's uh, let's let's dip our hands deep into the uh, mailbag. Get stuck into a few letters while well, we sort them out. Um, let's listen to a bit of uh, Damon Albarn, "Lonely Press Play." Cause you're 
Alright, well the mailbag is very full I'm pleased to, uh, pleased to announce Many people have uh, taken up the opportunity To uh, drop a line I do appreciate that Because uh, like I said It gives us a bit of free content And extra stuff to talk about um, Emma Stewart um, has written in Hey Bob, we've listened to your podcast We think you're awesome Thank mm. you Emma uh, Josh thinks the same. I do. We would like to know, and we, we, let's both answer these questions. Uh, number one, what is your weirdest slash strangest inspiration for a song? Now, I've seen this letter, so I'm gonna, I'll answer it first so I can give you at least a little bit of time to <laughs> have a little think um, because it is, a, it, it is a, a hard question. But I did come up with a, an answer of my weirdest, strangest inspiration for a song, and it's a song of Suburban Songbook called Don't Walk Alone. And the inspiration for that song came from, uh, I was uh, with my partner uh, in Thailand. We were up in the north of Thailand, um, Chiang Mai. And uh, this was in t- around 2004. It was actually uh, just, it was mere weeks before the fucking tsunami hit, actually. But that's a whole other adventure. Um, and we went to this uh you know, they have these elephant um, kind of parks and stuff and these elephants perform and everything. And, you know, look, in 2020, probably not the sort of thing that I would go to now, but in, in 2004... Totally, um, totally into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, my position on these things has changed in the last 16 years. But anyway, we were there and um, watching these elephants. Um, they were like, you know, paint doing paintings and stuff and moving around. Anyway... The movement of the elephants was what um, inspired the rhythm to that song. And I started to, uh, just in my head, while I was watching them move around, um, start to come up with the melody for that song. Wait, so which, which song? Did you mention uh, it's the called song? called Don't Walk Alone. Oh, yeah, Don't Walk Alone. Yeah. Um, um, maybe I'll insert a tiny little bit of it in here if I can be bothered. Um <laughs> But um, but yeah, that's def- that's probably one of the strangest inspirations for the for for uh, as far as a seed of a song, a germ of an mm. idea. Um, watching elephants move around. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Would, would classify as, <laughs> as as being pretty weird. Can you think of one? Oh, I mean, I've got there's so many. I mean, I think you know that's the cool thing about songwriting is that they can be inspired by you know songs can be inspired by anything. I mean, I think one one that I've spoken about before is. My song Clover Sons, which was inspired by yeah. a, a painting at um, the National Gallery, or the the uh, sorry the the State Gallery, New South Wales Gallery, um, which is a, a picture of uh, these two men lying on a bed, which is floating down a, a river, and they've got bandages on their on their Achilles heels. And uh, I was fascinated by it, and I looked it up, and it was what the painting is based on is this story that. The two sons were trying to overthrow their father, who was the king, and to punish them, the mother had their their um their tendons cut and put them on a river and sent down the river. And then they were picked up um, by Which tendons. 
I guess the Achilles tendon. Oh, sorry. Okay, um, yes. which is the, that that little thing above your heel. Yeah, yeah. It's a pain. It's, it's very particularly p- pertinent to my situation at the moment. Anyway, um, <laughs> so they eventually got picked up by some monks from a monastery and lived as monks for a while, and then twenty years later went back and and redeemed themselves to their father. Now, I was interested in that song, in that story. Beg your pardon, but then I re- researched it some more and. Apparently, it is completely fabricated, and there was a king called Clovis, um, but his sons, his oldest son, peacefully um, succeeded him when he passed away. And so, whilst the painting was the initial inspiration, it was the fact that this story was not true that inspired the song, and it kind of led me to question mm. what is what is truth and how it's you know uh, you know sometimes we believe in things and we make them part of history and part of art that aren't actually true at all. Um, so yeah, that was, that's, that's a, that's a good one. Opening, opening track of album two. Is that? No, it's not, but I appreciate your, I appreciate your effort. Opening track of album three. No, but I appreciate your effort. Thank you. I thought it was, wasn't it the opening track? Uh, You know, honestly, you could be right at this point. I don't, I don't know. I thought it was the opening track of either, either, um, chimneys or. Oh man, you know what? Sparrows. You're actually right. And I'm flattered. Bloody hell. I know more about you. I'm Um, flattered. The other (laughs) question. You've always been a big fan. You've always been a big fan. The other question, (laughs) we'll try try and whip through these because there's a few. Other question, um, on your podcast, you used to ask people what their most played songs on iTunes were, the correct. Um, it's like we're living in a bit of a post iTunes world now, aren't we? Um, yeah. Uh, so she, uh, Emma asks what we would like to know what your top 10 are. And, you know, again, I now, you know, iTunes isn't really my sort of home base now. Um, I have slowly in true typical style come very late to, uh, the, uh, technology, but, um, but now Spotify, I do, that's probably a more relevant, a relevant one to talk about. So, so mm. I'm just on my computer trying. So all I could say is like maybe what my most recently played list is, and maybe going forward with the Bobcast, rather than asking people for their sort of top ten iTunes songs, it would be them. Let's ask people what their recently played songs on Spotify are. Mm. Um, and going into my recently played songs, my computer doesn't really want to charge up, but um. I know that uh, I've been listening to a lot of Elbow, Ooh, the yes. UK UK band Elbow. I've always really loved them. Um, and, you know, it's been interesting, I think, during this time of isolation because a, a couple of weeks ago I just started – because up until a couple of weeks ago I was kind of like, uh, you know, do I write – do I start demoing songs again? It's like well, anything I do now is going to be years away from being released at this rate. and. Mm. And then a couple of weeks ago, I was just like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, you know what? I'm just going to just do it for fun. Doesn't matter. I'll just, just do it for fun. So um, so I've started uh, just uh, mucking around in the studio, just starting songs with uh, beats and then going on to like keyboards and basically just going on to the guitar kind of later in the process mm. rather than at the start. Mixing and, it up. Um, yeah. So I've been listening to a lot of stuff. Like elbow is up there. Um, I really like. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Haim or Haim? Yeah, I don't know either. Haim, I think. But. Um, they have this incredible song called "Summer Girl." It kind of sounds like a modern version of the Lou Reed song "Take a Walk on the Wild Side." It's just. It's really minimal. It has this fucking cool saxophone line. Um, I've been listening to Damon Albarn. We actually just uh, heard a song from that record, "Everyday Robots." Um, 
by Damon Albarn from Blur, again, which is a real kind of studio creation, very sort of rhythmic. Um, I've been listening to a bit of The War on Drugs um, as well, which, again, I'm pretty late to the party on that, but I've just discovered that because the drummer from the band that I was, uh, uh, Lachlan, who drummed for me on my last record, got me onto that. Um, so, yeah, they're sort of coming up on my most recently played. What about you, Pikey? There's uh, a couple of stuff that... My computer is playing ball, so I can, like, literally tell you. <laughs> the, the, the most recently played, it goes... Uh, do you know this this guy? He's a solo artist. He's called Sandy, in parenthesis, Alex G. No. Oh, it's fucking so good, man. Anyway, so Sandy, Alex G. So this is in reverse order. Rage Against the Machine, Augie March, Feist, Montaigne, Alex Cameron. You know Alex Cameron? I do know Alex Cameron, yeah. Well, I don't know him personally, but I know his, him as an artist. I, so, I love Alex Cameron. If anyone listening doesn't know Alex Cameron, he's, he's an Aussie artist. and it's, He's kind of like a Bowie character. But years ago, like probably 10 years ago, he started releasing these kind of like um, long rants on Facebook. Um, and he, I, don't, I don't know what is real and what is not, but he's, he adopted this persona of Alex Cameron with his manager and saxophonist, Roy Malone, um, I was fascinated by this dynamic that he was creating. Really liked the music, and when I was in Portland mixing the record, he happened to be playing in Portland, so I went and um, watched him play, and he's incredible, totally amazing live. And when he released his album a couple of weeks ago, he did a um, like a telethon. He did a live telethon to announce his album, <laughs> and it was just incredible. He's like a weird performance artist, but the music's really great. Anyway. Alex Cameron, uh, a guy called Skinny Legions, who is is a great uh, solo artist and also happens to be my kid's piano teacher uh, and played on my record. <laughs> uh, great Lake Swimmers, Cloud Control, Olympia. Olympia, another amazing uh, yeah, Australian yeah. artist. TV on the radio and a bit of Juliana Hatfield chucked in there. So there you go. Ah, oh, nice. Awesome. That's cool. Um, yes, I, I just remembered as you were talking that um, I actually saw Alex Cameron at Laneway a few years ago. And it, I really enjoyed it. Oh, it's he amazing! Had, um, yeah. He had uh, who's the guy who plays horns? That's that's plays? Roy. That's his that's his manager Roy. slash saxophonist. Roy, Roy, yes. So he he and he was just brilliant. And he's also you know a tip for anybody who um, uses Twitter. Uh, he's a great person to follow on Twitter. He's he really sure is funny. Yeah, very really very funny. funny. Really smart. Um, all right, Jerry Kennedy. Good day, Kev. Loving your Bobcast, mate. Your latest one with Pikey was a great balance of information and entertainment. Great. We need both perfect. right now. Absolutely, Written mate. in italics. So I really enjoy the effort he's gone to, you know, just going into italics for that bit. Mm. He's really considered the writing of this. It's not just a, <laughs> a, splurge, <clears throat> a splurge of words. It served as a timely reminder that we're all going through the same situation, yet we're all impacted differently. Mm. Especially grateful to hear Pikey's views post his Q&A appearance. Very pleased to have someone like him representing the arts and entertainment industry. Are we all, mate? Really, Are we all? Really hope to hear more <laughs> from the two of you in podcast, sorry, Bobcast. And again, he's gone. It's Alex, Alex again. And, yes. Um, you've got some grouse banter together. Oh, thank Would you, love mate. to see slash here the two of you stream a gig together or a mini festival. Yeah, why don't you ask for something else, Kennedy? Hey. Why don't, you, why, don't you, why don't you request something else of us? I Kennedy? feel like Jerry would have enjoyed our um, Instagram chat on your Instagram. Oh, yeah. Page, the, I was just joking, uh, by the way, Jerry. My outrage then, Jerry Kennedy, was just, that was pure farce. Um, yeah, so our, our, our Chats with Mates episode was Instagram Live, and then it gets deleted after 24 hours. 
So, yeah, we'll have to do it again sometime. You'll have to do it. We'll have to do another one. Um, okay, Chris uh, Maley or Mally. Um, g'day, Kev. I've been listening to your music since day dot. Actually saw you at Battle of the Bands at Murdoch Uni back in the day. Wow, that's going back to 1995. Um, I've been a fan of the podcast. I've been missing it over the last many months. Sorry about that. And it popped back into my podcast app amongst the crazy shitstorm we find ourselves in. Being a stay-at-home dad, and in brackets, a SAD, so S-A-H-D, I found podcasts to be little rays of relief in some of my tougher days of parenting. Well, I'm really glad to hear that, Chris. Mm. And, you know, Josh and I can, uh, as you would know from listening to this podcast, can absolutely 100% relate and uh, and empathise. Um, I felt I had to reach out after you said no bastard and hit your podcast email address. I bet that's changed now, yet it has. Thank you. There's nothing like a bit of desperation to get, <laughs> get, to get the mail flowing in. Um, I've been a fan of your music in its various forms over the years, and I have to say, you also make a bloody good podcast. Well, thank you. Is this You're just? Interviewing... Re- is this an actual? Is, is this just something you've written yourself and you're just reading out? <laughs> of course, of course, it's not. Uh, I also find the, you to be extremely is, handsome, Kevin, and you an have e- a great head of hair, Kevin. This is a. This is a email comes from Devon Stitchell. <laughs> Um, you talked about look you talked about silver linings of COVID with Josh Pike I have to say that COVID driving you back into podcast land classifies as a silver lining that's sweet that is sweet Um, blah 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 you're great (laughs) on it goes (laughs) oh no but look I I appreciate that Chris and and yeah like I said uh, you know we uh, us us, uh, stay at home dads you know we gotta, we gotta, we gotta stick together, don't we? Sards, we sards for life, bro. Sards, yeah. I haven't, uh, <laughs> hadn't heard that one. Here we go. What about this one? Uh, Chris Gibbons says, "G'day, catch that Gibbon." Writing in to say, "Pikey, thank you so much for releasing your cover of Endless Summer." Oh, mate, no worries. I'm loving the new stuff as well, but the nostalgia of that cover is strong. I remember listening to it on repeat as a kid on the way to school. <laughs> <laughs> this is clearly well. That's cool. No, that you've is actually great. Got that's a, great. You, you, you know, there's actually someone listening to your music that's you know young. not forty. Yeah. No, thank you. That's <laughs> that's beautiful. I appreciate that. Anyway, back to the story of why you chose that song. Oh, so any backstory? I read that wrong. Any backstory to why you chose that song? How was it covering and releasing it again? Um, slash like a version in general. Looking forward to the next yarn. So is there a backstory to why you chose that song? Well, and the, how the, was it? the backstory was just that the Jezebel, I'd taken the Jezebels out on a on a huge, like a, it was like an eight-week regional tour where they were touring, they were supporting me. This is before they kind of blew up yep. in, during that period. And um, they played that song and it was just an incredible song. And we, we all got along like a house on fire. So, we you know, Haley and I were like sort of trading um, dance moves that we were daring each other to perform on stage each night and we'd watch their set and they'd watch ours and so you know like she'd pull off uh, like a, a fly kick or whatever that I'd encouraged her to do and then I'd like do a spin or something that she'd encouraged me to do and we'd, it was just a really great tour and a great time and I loved that song and so I wanted to you know rep a, a band that I knew and loved when it was time to do uh, like a version so that was that was why. Yeah, I think that's always a pretty cool reason to um, when you go into those kind of situations doing covers of songs. It's always a it's always a good opportunity, isn't it, to either like shine a light on an artist that you really love. Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. Um, 
All right. Well, let's. There, there is more mail, but I we have been going for an hour, so maybe we can save some of these others for later. And also, looking at some of them, they're really, really long. So okay. if you want your mail read out, um, try to be concise because you know I don't, I don't know if we have time to um, to read out. Or some if of you're not going to be concise, long. just if you're not going to be concise, just make sure that it's nothing but compliments. So just like a long, <laughs> you know, like. 500 words, 600 words of just compliments. That'd be awesome. Um, so to finish up, Josh, I, I want to finish up uh, by playing your latest song, Daddy <gasps> Thomas. Now, am I allowed to play the whole thing or should I just play a snippet? No, if I can the... play the whole thing. You have my personal my personal permission. I'm not going to get a phone call from fucking Dennis Sony Hamlin. Yeah, you'll get a... <laughs> Kev, get on, get uh, it. You yeah. can't do that, Kev. No. Yeah, well, yeah, I was saying, well, you also dropped Jebediah after three records, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no hard feelings, Dennis. Uh, no hard feelings. Um, um, all right, yeah, mate. Play, well, let's, That'd be great. Let's let's uh, let's wind it up. And um, yeah, thanks a lot for doing this again. Always um, a pleasure. It's been awesome to catch up after a month. And yeah, we'll see. I guess we'll see how things uh, see how things go over the next uh, few weeks as we kind of things start to open up again. And um, I don't know. The world may look very different again in another month. I mean, it's, it looks very different now than it did a month ago. It's been that's it's been a real kind of interesting thing doing these on a regular basis because it is a chance to kind of put a put a line under what's changed mm. in the previous month for me it's all about lego masters and that's what i'm going to be doing for the rest of my evening tonight yes yes <laughs> look on lego masters because we've been really enjoying it too i let the i let the kids i don't let the kids start to watch all of it they stay they watch the first bit then they go to bed and then in the morning oh, when they wake up and so i want to sleep in they can watch the rest of it oh, that's while funny. I'm asleep. That's good. <laughs> but that's uh, good. but I just but I do think and just quickly and apologies to people who don't give a shit about. It. Well, if you don't give a shit about Lego Masters, you can just kind of press stop, right? You don't need to listen. <laughs> um, but I have really enjoyed this season. I think they have really nailed the challenges, like the underwater thing, Star Wars, and then last night it was the city. I mean, as for anybody who's grown up with Lego, as I did, I lo- I was obsessed with Lego when I was a kid. Mm. Those are all. That's that's all the. That's all the stuff that. That's prime real estate. See, that right? is prime real that estate. That is the top. They've done such a good job, um, and. And I think Hamish is a really great host. He's a well. legend, kid, man. He is, the my kids, kids do your love kids him. love him? Yeah, my kids absolutely love him. They think he's the most hilarious dork ever. And you know what was funny? Like a week before we started watching um, Lego Masters, we were randomly flicking through ABC and an old episode of Spicks and Specs came on. And it was I'd completely forgotten that this happened. But I was on a team versing Hamish. We were on a team. Oh. And my, my kids were like, oh, who's that guy? Whatever. And then when we were watching Lego Masters, I was like, that's the guy that I was on that TV show with the, the other week that you that's watched. That's very cool. It was cool. That's very cool. The other, the other day, we were, um, we were on, U- on YouTube on our TV watching something. And, and, um, and I said to the – I saw there was a, a thing came up it was uh, the, I went on tour with Keith Urban right years ago, and we did a cover of "Better Be Home Soon" mm. um, at the Brisbane Entertainment Centre. Right, there's a YouTube. Someone filmed it, and there's a YouTube video of it. And I was like, "Oh, this could be a really great opportunity." Oh, I'm sure the girls have heard of Keith Urban. I can like put this clip on and kind of show off to them. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, hey, Ella, oh, do you know Keith Urban?" They're like, "No, no, of course they don't." I was like. 
<sighs> All right. Well, yeah. I guess we'll leave that YouTube clip for another time. You just got to you just got to show them the um, opening of the Chinese Commonwealth Games or whatever the hell that was. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to scare them, Josh. I don't want to scare them. That is, that, is a, little, that is a story for another time. They're, they're, too, they're, too innocent. they're too innocent for that. All right, mate. Well, take care. Thanks so much for doing this again. Pleasure, um, man. And yeah, let's catch up in where, whenever you want it. I don't know. In a week or two weeks, a month. Sounds good. Excellent. All right, mate. Take care. See ya. Have you heard about the ones who doubted How they ran their fingers over your scars Somehow they can make their shadows taller It's like trying to read a book in the dark All their pages flick under my fingers All their words are like shooting stars Leaves me a slow cut burning
nostalgia for all these things we know we've never done. But your love is not a candle flicker just because you're standing next to the sun.